Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And now we are live for real uh, chat. You guys don't know this. Alex and I have been live for uh, six minutes. We talked League of Legends and MMA. <laughs> we talked uh, me playing PGA 2K on Steam. All of these conversations happened and they go to no one whatsoever. No one saw it. No one heard it. We don't know why. But apparently now we are actually live. So uh, this is the NFL Strategy Show Lineup Construction Edition. We do this show every Friday at this time. And by we, I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by the boss himself, Alex Osmo Baker. Alex, how are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, crazy slate we got with uh, games getting moved everywhere. And now the Jets have a case. So it's really like, who's even going to be playing this weekend? Like, we don't know. But whoever plays, we got the picks. <laughs> I feel like the Jets are like the physical embodiment of COVID. Yeah, I mean, dude, like... I knew they were going to be bad, and I drafted so many of them anyway. And then Best Balls is kicking my ass right now with all my Jets teams. Uh, so my wife drafted Le'Veon Bell first, or at least with her first pick, uh, the year that he sat out. So uh, she was not really aware of that entire process. Um, <laughs> she was not aware of drafting like James Conner as a handcuff in that scenario. So she took a beating that year. I assumed that she would never go back to Le'Veon Bell again. Not so fast. Drafted him this year. Obviously has not been playing all that frequently so far. And he is on a team uh, that is not very good. And now going to Joe Flacco at quarterback. So good for her. Good for her. Maybe she learned her lesson. I don't hate Le'Veon Bell this year just because like they have such a big contract. They really need to give him volume to justify that. But yeah, he just hasn't played that. I mean, maybe that's unlucky. Maybe it's a bad pick. I'm not quite sure. Well, either way, uh, I, I definitely know that if you're not on the field, you're not going to be doing very well. That much I could tell you. <laughs> so normally we start off this show, actually, before we do anything, 70-ish of you, 100 of you, hit that like button as you get in here. Helps us out a ton. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. Uh, subscribe to our podcast feed. You can get these shows as podcasts. You can subscribe to individual sports if you want. So if you don't want to get any of our NBA takes or our baseball takes, you could subscribe to the NFL podcast feed. Get exactly what you need. But hit that like button. That's the one I want the most. We normally start the show off with a little bit of a review. Um, two weeks ago, I think we looked at you. Last week, we looked at Steve. Uh, now we have DeColtz on the Osimo staff. This one's going to be a little bit different. I've got two people pulled up right now. One of them is you. The other is uh, the illustrious Rinpak, who wins everything nowadays. I have your exposures up for last night's showdown slate for the Bucks and the Bears. Obviously, your Bears got it done in the end. <laughs> and I wanted to talk a little bit about showdown because I don't think that we spend... The volume of showdown contests has gone up dramatically uh, over the past, say, 18 months. Um, and they kind of exist, like, every single day. I mean, there's multiple on Thursday, Sunday, Monday. You can get into it just for football. We're not even talking about basketball right now. I wanted to talk a little bit about duplication. I wanted to get your thoughts there. So, last night, the winning lineup, the $10 150 mm -hmm. max we can come back up on the same link or not. I don't totally know how that's going to work. We might actually be up on the same link. I might have actually saved this. Nice. Awesome. It appears that I'm right. <coughs> we'll keep an eye on chat. To see, It says that we're live. It's not on a different link. I think we're good. Are we live? 
Folks, can you see this? Let me know in chat. We are good. So says El Negro Loco. So we are going to move forward once again. Okay. Uh, I don't know when you guys stopped hearing me, but we're taking a look at Showdown, and I'm looking at last night's Thursday night Showdown, 400K to first, 1.6 million guaranteed, $10, 150 max, 179 dupes in the uh, the winning lineup. To me, that's a pretty big number. My first question to you is this, and it's pretty it's a pretty generic question. Is winning with 179 dupes likely good for you? Obviously you win money. <laughs> I understand that piece of this. Is there a threshold where you think it's problematic? I think it depends on the sport. In NFL, I think it's bad because there's a lot of possible lineups. Like um this particular tournament had 175,000 entries, I believe. Yeah. When I just let Fancy Cruncher generate a bunch of lineups, I was able to create about 10,000 to 15,000 different showdown lineups uh, on DraftKings on a, on a pretty much any showdown slate. So there really are a lot of possibilities. And that's that anyone is going to be the best lineup aren't that high. So um, I, I think the big mistake people make in showdown is it's much easier for a bad beginner player to, to come up with a lineup that has the best players in it because a lot of the factors are static that people make mistakes on. So like you have to understand that it's going to be harder to pick better players than other people in, in showdown on NFL. And you got to think that if you're stacking all the best players in the lineup, a lot of people are going to have that lineup. So this one would have been Ronald Jones, <laughs> Montgomery, Jimmy Graham, Mike Evans, uh, Ryan Suckup, and then uh, Allen Robinson. Yeah, it's not horrible. I mean, uh, Ryan Suckup wasn't high-owned. Um, yeah. But pretty much everyone else on that lineup was pretty chalk. So let's say that you knew you had you generated this lineup and you knew for a fact that it would be duped 179 times. Just generically speaking, is there a is there a number in your head or a threshold where you just don't think that you would ever have that lineup in in a well, contest like this? You know, obviously if this is a thousand entry contest, it's a different scenario, less duplication less problems what you can do is in fantasy cruncher just create a lot of different tabs and crunch a bunch of times and kind of figure out how much each lineup is showing up Hmm. and that'll give you an idea of how many dupes there are going to be um and that's kind of what i've been doing to to try to avoid some of these uh these lineups that maybe are a little bit too popular it's something I've been trying to pay attention to a lot as of late, the duplicate. I mean, I've been playing so much showdown uh, relative to normal. And you see this threshold happen where it's 179 dupes at top, up top. Then you hit this range where people did thread the needle. Two dupes at 100, like the, the next best lineup, two dupes. We got a, a non-dupe, a non-dupe, only seven. So the, the separation is there of what you actually need. Uh, this group of seven that ended up getting duplicated, you know, ultimately you win $140 in that lineup instead of 4,700. It has Ryan suck up at the captain spot at 0.5% ownership. So you're removing, you're removing the duplication potential by going to a less optimal captain. But at the same time, if that lineup ends up with what three additional points, you're not chopping 4,700, you're chopping. A hundred grand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I was just curious, how big of a factor is? Are you paying attention to the ownership of your lineup more so in Showdown than you do on a main Sunday slate? I think just the way you do it is different because, like, every lineup that's any good is going to have a lot of entries in this particular tournament. So then you got to um, figure out how to how to. Uh, avoid that i mean i wasn't entirely successful this slate i think uh i had 10 lineups that had more than 100 dupes uh about half of them had more than 10 
and then maybe 15 had no dupes. So it's uh, it's easier said than done, sure. but it's definitely the one of the biggest considerations when you enter this contest. Is that something you're looking for, trying to minimize, like minimize buckets of, let's say, a hundred plus, maximize buckets of five or below? Is there is there a is there a threshold you're looking to try to be in as much as possible? Well, it all depends on how good the lineup is. Like, how correlated is it? Um, if if you, your lineup has a lot of dupes, but it's like a sick ass lineup, then like obviously you don't have to worry as much. If it's a lineup where uh, maybe you're taking some, uh, I guess like if, if it's a lineup that maybe the correlations aren't great, the um, maybe your your chances of winning just aren't as high with that lineup, but it's still going to be duped a lot of times. Like, obviously, that's one you want to avoid. So it's all trying to, like, balance how good the lineups are with how many times they could be duped. So your your most duped lineup, 434 <laughs> dupe. If I told you nothing about the slate, you don't know anything about the outcomes. I just told you that that specific lineup was duped 434 times. Is the answer, and I gave you this option. You can remove it and replace it, or you're just going to let it ride because you picked it previously to the slate, and that was part of your evaluation. Do you think that's a scenario where you would just simply remove that from your pool if you could in advance or after the fact? Yeah, I mean, I think so, just because that... (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of dupes. I mean, you, you're splitting 400k, so 400 dupes it means you get like less than a k, probably. Right. Um, this particular lineup: Ronald Jones, the captain, with, paired with the defense, kicker, Tom Brady, Scotty Miller. I mean, I think yeah, I'm, I I can understand why this was pretty popular, even though like the Bucks and kicker weren't that high owned. Um. It's still a lot of people like gravitated towards this lineup, so I'm not sure exactly how people arrived at it. Yeah, it, it's been something that I've been trying to pay attention to a lot more. We had uh, I have Rinpax uh, dupes up here, one with 700, one with 819. Where you can conceivably win the contest with that lineup and lose money in the contest at the exact yeah. same time. I have to assume that any time that you can win and it doesn't cover your entries, it's probably not a great lineup to have. That seems like a decent threshold. Like, if I can't break even on a victory, I think that I should throw that lineup in the garbage. Well, yes, I guess. But, like, this is where it depends a little bit because in League of Legends, like, certain lineups have such an overwhelming likelihood to, to finish first. That like even if you knew you're gonna lose money on the 150, that doesn't mean that individual lineup is bad. Um, obviously, in, in football, there's a lot more possibilities, but he only had like three lineups that had more than 400 dupes. So, right. I mean, that's not horrible. A lot he had a lot of unique lineups, so he did a pretty good job now, at we, figuring out. If you want to talk about unique lineups, I know that there's one that we can go to. Uh, friend of the program. Uh, that would be Brick seventy five. Um, he gets away from it a lot. He plays some real wonky stuff. So he did have a lineup that got duped four hundred times. Only two then north of a hundred after that. Everything else thirty two or below. A sea of no dupes or two dupes or three dupes or four dupes, and just wild amounts of salary left on the table including going as low as $43,700 for a lineup. So that was 6300 left on the table. Now, this is going to be a very extreme example. I would imagine more often than not for this construction, Brian is going to take an absolute bath in showdown. He's going to get fully worked over uh, and lose very aggressive amounts of his bankroll. In particular, last night, he had 10 lineups out of 150 cash. He lost essentially everything that he put in. However, if he wins this contest with basically any one of his lineups, 
that's going to cover him for quite a few showdowns. He's giving him an giving himself an opportunity to have a giant score. My personal feeling is that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> and that's a bit more extreme than I would want to go. I feel like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. If someone was asking you, like, what can I do most to try to avoid duplication? Is there sort of a path that you can send someone on that would help them out a little bit to try to avoid the, you know, the seven, eight, nine hundred duplication lineups? I mean, we had some lineups last night. What's the most duped lineup? 1,073 times. Evans, Bucks D, Vaughn, Brady, Robinson, Jones. That was duped over a thousand times last night. <laughs> Is there an easy way to talk to, uh, to explain to everybody like tr how to try to get away from that a little bit, especially in a contest like this of 188,000 people? Um, that's going to be a bad one. I would imagine always. Yeah, I think, um, the the one thing I'd say is I wouldn't start off with the assumption that avoiding uh, lineups that are popular is necessarily the right approach. Okay. Um, so really it does require like a more in-depth analysis because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter just being like, man, I have all these unique lineups, so I must be like doing this better than everyone else. And like maybe there's a lot of lineups that are in a sweet spot of between like five and uh, 30 dupes or something that are really good. Um, but maybe you can find a diamond in the rough that maybe people will just cross off and don't consider and win that 400K all alone. So there is a lot of strategy that goes into it. But I think the, the main thing is just like, it looks like about a quarter of the field had lineups that were deep 200 or more times just kind of based on the slider on lineup study yeah so it's like if you can cross off a good amount of those lineups that are just like so chalky then like as long as you're making solid lineups like like not taking those particular ones then you're going to be in good shape i assume a lineup <laughs> that and again th this all sort of comes down to how you evaluate your lineup if you project a lineup to be duped, let's say a, a thousand times, but it is so overwhelmingly your top lineup. Like there, there's a scenario where your numbers still make that good. I, I assume that that would not be the case for a lineup like this. A, a lineup that you would project to be duped a thousand times, I assume is getting cut pretty quickly for you. You're, it's just not going to meet. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. too, too chalky and it's just going to get wiped out like the moment you import it to Excel or sort in Fantasy Cruncher. A thousand seems... <laughs> Like, it's definitely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, uh, that's not that fun to to win first and get a thousand bucks when 400k is the advertised prize. So that is something I, I do try to avoid. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I binked Showdown. It was 400,000 up top. Oh man, congrats, congrats, congrats. No, no, I lost $375. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was so funny when they had that that Millie Maker uh, for NBA where everyone finished first and they got like 3K or something. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Final thought on Showdown before we get into some of the builds for uh, for week five. <clears throat> Do you have any thoughts that could make it a better product? <laughs> well... I think um, DraftKings, I'm pretty satisfied with. I think they could do a good job at making a lot of lineups interesting. FanDuel, I think they need to multiply the salary of the MVP because the, that's not like a very fun part of it where it's just like some are just so much better than others. And that's what a salary cap tries to fix. So I think that'd be the only thing. But how about you? What, do you, what kind of changes would you like to see? Yeah, so I mean, just... <clears throat> I like the concept on FanDuel, especially in the NBA side where you've got MVP, star, pro, and then utility. I like that because that does create significantly more unique. The problem then is that there is no salary change. So the M it's really difficult to set up a scenario. Let's just call it for today, for, the M for game five of the NBA finals. It's basically impossible for one of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, or Jimmy Butler to not be the MVP. It is a straight mm -hmm. raw points equation. And I mean, you would need like COVID to run through the locker room in the middle <laughs> of the game for it to stop. 
But I like the idea of having each spot be a slightly different multiplier. I would want to make that also happen for the salary. I'm surprised they don't. I think that that would be a very tricky build on FanDuel if you move to, at least for basketball, MVP pro star utility, but the salary change as well. I think it would get really, it would really mix things up. For DraftKings, I'm not entirely... Could they add a second spot MVP something else with a multiplier utility? I think that would probably help a little bit. I, I'm anxious throw, to see what the next rev- like the next thing is that comes up. And I don't mean like oh we play the first quarter contest or something. I don't want any part of that crazy stuff. Let me throw an idea at you here. That I've always felt like DraftKings and FanDuel should use Showdown for two game slates. Like just have all the players in the Showdown pool. Because, like, I feel like um, having that positional flexibility, like, makes it more interesting. And I, I think two-game slates are a little bit weak yeah. um, as far as, like, the choices not being as interesting. And uh, I'm surprised they've never tried that. So I'd like to see maybe they, they experiment with a captain contest in two-game slates. I think that would work well. Um <laughs> I would certainly be more likely to play it. I was just about to say like, oh, imagine if they just did it for like a 10 game slate, but that would be (laughs) super draft basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Okay. So we touched on showdown. I wanted to get your thoughts on some dupes um, and sort of the construction behind it. But now is the time that everybody shows up for Uh, time to build a lineup. (laughs) The floor is yours again, as per usual, FanDuel or DraftKings, cash or GPP. The choice belongs to you, boss. Um, let's do a DraftKings cash and a FanDuel GPP because I think uh, we did FanDuel cash or DraftKings GPP last week. That'll work. Okay, so we'll start it off DraftKings cash. I've got it circled down to the main slate and on the screen, you guys can see our lineup builder. All you have to do is subscribe. Go to awesomeo.com slash join, sign up. You can get access to this lineup builder. Got Every game you want, you can quickly build the lineup. You can see salary, ownership, uh, Alex's projections. After the lineup is built, you can find out how contrarian it is, uh, how good of a point-per-dollar lineup you've got. You can export that directly to a CSV, import it directly to FanDuel or DraftKings. Easy peasy. You can build as many lineups as you'd like here. Uh, there's probably a limit, but it's not going to be a limit that you're going to like functionally hit. <laughs> I don't think you're going to build like 900 by hand. I don't know what it'd look like. Um, best of luck to you if you do go about doing that just sign up awesomeo.com slash join we have it for you and we try to make it as easy as possible for you to build a lineup by hand because not everybody's out there trying to crunch ten thousand lineups like you just mentioned for showdown slates Um, (laughs) sometimes you just need one or two so i think that we can dive in there i am also going to pull up uh the old big board i assume that is uh, fresh with all of the information that you have at your disposal mm-hmm. right now. Yep. So the big board is coming up. Got it. Let's start building a cash lineup for DraftKings. Yeah, I, I saw uh, in chat we had um, the ballers was commenting that Kyle Allen has to be our cash QB on DraftKings. He's only forty two hundred. I don't feel like <laughs> super comfortable with that idea, but like honestly, like points per dollar, it's going to be really hard to beat a quarterback at forty two hundred. So, what do you make of that? So, I don't get the sense that that's a direction I want to go, but it's certainly feasible. I think it's hard to get away from. I think you could spend a little bit more uh, money get a little bit more public ownership, not all that different in a point per dollar perspective and get to sort of the same place. I'm also pulling up uh, projections and ownership right now. So it's all on the screen. If you want to go see any of our NFL content, we've got one piece that's fully free for today. That is NFL top stacks. I know it's updated because Alex told me he was updating it before we started this show. So you guys can go check that out. It won't cost you a cent. You can see, uh, who we are recommending as some top stacks relative to ownership for this week. Where are our projections? There they are. Maybe I should click on the one that says NFL projections. 
that usually gets me to where I want to be. I'm sorting it down by quarterback as of right now. There's some good options. I mean, we got Daniel Jones uh, going up against Dallas, who seemingly can't stop anyone. So, like, that, even though the Giants are pretty bad, like, that's kind of intriguing. Um, a lot of these games have been crossed off the main slate, so we got to be careful there. Tennessee, yeah. and Buffalo, and New England, and Denver are all off the main slate now. So, um, so I think that Dak Prescott has to be at least the start of our cash build. He is your highest point-per-dollar quarterback in your projections as of right now. He is projected for a pretty sizable amount of ownership as well. I think not that that should be like the be-all and end-all of this, but if he is that good of a value and the public is there, at the very least, he should be on the short list of potential quarterback options. The matchup looks pretty good. Uh, in case you guys have been living under a rock for years, uh, the Giants aren't very good. How do you feel about going to Dak, or would you be looking to save a little <laughs> bit more salary at quarterback? Salary is uh, a consideration. They're 9.5 point favorites as well, which is a little concerning. I'm not, this is such an unusual situation that maybe my projection for him is a little optimistic now. Of course, I'm going to be digging into that this weekend to try to figure out exactly how to project his team because he's been throwing for like more than 400 yards a game. So yeah. that's just insane. Um, but he's solid. It's just like we're going to have to really find other positions, which might not be that fun. So maybe we just come back to quarterback after we pick some other guys. Oh, that works for me as well. Um I take a look near the top of just the ownership. I like to do that just to give me a little bit of an idea of where it's being concentrated. Highest projected own guy as of right now, $6,400 running back, Mike Davis. On your big board, Mike Davis is coming in fourth. Seems to me like we're going to Mike Davis in cash. I'm waiting now for you to be like, well, that's not on the main slate. (laughs) Yeah, I think Mike Davis is solid. He he's been just balling. I don't even know what to think, but like he's only sixty four hundred. He's been playing like a seven to eight k player. So the the matchup too versus Atlanta, uh, they've been pretty bad on defense, and they can put up some points on offense. So I think they're definitely a team to target against. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and slot Mike Davis in. I'm really <laughs> anxious for me to name at least two to three guys that are not on this slate that is a tradition unlike any other on this show uh, not knowing <laughs> who is on the main slate there's too much stuff moving around guys some teams start playing on a sunday and then they're scheduled for tuesday afternoon or something oh it's crazy all right so we've got a running back into the cash lineup now uh, as i look back at the rest of our ownership projections uh david johnson up there zeke Clyde edwards hilaire and then we've got two tight ends, Darren Waller and George Kittle, both at the top in ownership. If I go back to your big board, George Kittle coming in number one, Darren Waller coming in number seven. I feel like I can't pick between those guys quite yet. We're just going to want to get to one of them in the end, depending on if we have the salary. So I'm going to kick it back to you. Who's next up in line for this cash lineup? Yeah, this is why building lineups on Friday isn't that fun because like this uh this Kittle uh rating is based on the idea that Jimmy Grapple is gonna play and not Mullins. But it does look uh like the news here this morning is saying that Jimmy Grapple is trending towards playing this weekend, so I don't mind putting Kittle in here. Okay. Let's go ahead and slot in Kittle. Uh Bug note for you: We do not have a logo for the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Or at least it's not on my screen. Not affecting anybody or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Kittle in. Readjust this screen here so that people can see the whole lineup. All right. So we've got Mike Davis. We've got George Kittle in. Uh, if I look at your big board now. In terms of guys that can save us a little bit of salary, DJ Moore at 6K. Um, a lot of tight ends, honestly. Kittle, Darren Waller, 
Evan Ingram at 4,600. Travis Kelsey at 6,400. All in the top 16. Do you have any aversion to a two tight end lineup? I mean, in cash, that's fine. There are a lot of good running backs as well. So I don't know if we need to make that decision yet. Okay. But tight end certainly isn't something I'd avoid. Well, let's try to slot in a wide out now. Um, we don't we don't have one just yet. And as I look at your big board, uh, Thielen, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, uh, all in the top 10, Tyler Lockett, Stephon Diggs on the outside looking in. All these guys priced in a pretty similar manner, all from, you know, six to mid sevens. Do you have an immediate wide receiver that stands out to you for a cash game build? Well, Thielen is interesting because Seattle hasn't been able to stop anyone. So, like, uh, and they they have a really good offense too. So, I think that really bodes well for Thielen. DJ Moore is kind of that. He, his price hasn't come up to where it should be because he's been not getting the catches. He's been getting the, the targets, but hasn't produced into fantasy. And then um, some guys I'm also looking at here: Brandon Cooks at forty one hundred. Matchup versus Jacksonville uh, is solid, and the price is really good. Um, definitely a little bit of a scary player, though. So Rough week last week. <laughs> For sure, yeah. But we're going to need some punts. Otherwise, we won't be able to get all the guys we want. So I'd probably uh, just put DJ Moore in there, I guess, start because okay. he's kind of a plug-and-play at 6K. That won't really affect the rest of our lineup. Do you have any aversion to having DJ Moore along with Mike Davis in the cash lineup? Uh, I mean, if anything, it's a positive because, uh, like, usually uh, players on the same team that aren't the quarterback are a little bit negatively correlated. So, like, one one does gets the targets, the other one can't. So, I think that um, you actually might benefit from having multiple offensive players from the same team in cash. Okay. I like it. I like it. So we've got Davis in, we've got DJ Moore in, we've got George Kittle in, uh, still need, we still got a while to go here. Um, Robbie Anderson, pretty owned Darius Slayton, pretty owned. If I head back over to your big board, uh, not all that highly ranked Slayton coming in 36th, Robbie Anderson, uh, significantly less. So no sign of him actually. Yeah, 63rd. So we're going to go ahead and skip that bad boy. Yeah, he's been playing really well, and the price has gone up a lot. So I'm thinking 24th ranked Brandon Cooks would have to go in if we're comfortable with another zero. Yeah, I th- I, I'm comfortable with Brandon Cooks. I mean, first of all, the the team this week, we don't know what to expect because it's a new coach. Yeah. And that means we just have to kind of put these guys at their baseline before we get more info. Brandon Cooks, I think he should be more like a, a 5K player. So if we need the value, he uh, he's 4.1K for a reason, but I'm willing to, to eat that. And also I forgot, um, Marco said that Seattle is the night game here, so we, we don't have access to some of those guys I mentioned. We still need a running back, a wideout, and a flex plus defense. Obviously, we're not too worried about that defense. Is it time to pick our quarterback? I think we still got to figure out if we need the 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 punt or the the chalk uh, spend up. So, Fair. my my feeling is that it's going to be hard to find players we feel comfortable with to fit fit in Dak. But I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, I'm going to put him in right now. And that leaves us 19,500 for four spots. If we take a min salary defense, that leaves us 17,500 for three spots. It's going to get tight. It's (laughs) going to get real tight. There's not a ton of value out there right now. That cuts us off from pretty much like all the the preferred options this week, I think. So, um, I think, uh, well, looking at our ownership. It looks like uh, the Texans' defense versus Jacksonville at 2,600 makes a really nice play. Uh, let me sort that down. Let me take a look at it. Texans' D 
Yeah, second in your big board, um, just behind the Titans, twenty six hundred. Do you? I'm well, assuming Titans, that... Titans is off the slate now. Yeah, yeah, both. <laughs> they might be off the league <laughs> at this point. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a fifty one rating in terms of it. Do you just add up COVID cases to get that rating for the Titans? The fifty one positive <laughs> tests. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Texans D though, twenty six hundred. That should give us at least a little bit of savings. Um. Yeah, Jacksonville, nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so running back, wide out, flex, and quarterback, we've got $24,300 to play with. We could take it. I mean, right now, the, the, the board is fully open. We can take literally any position that we are looking for. I assume we want to stay pretty highly ranked on your big board. I'm starting to feel like a and Evan Ingram in the flex spot who tight end set is becoming more and more like in play for us because of the savings that we get from going to Ingram. Yeah, I think that's solid. Let's put Ingram in there. Um, and then we got Ashley and Chad. She's like, you got to put Zeke in your cash lineup. What are you doing here? So uh, I don't think we can get Zeke and Dak, but it's going to be hard to not put it in the top running back option this week. See, that, I don't, I don't, that's so much salary. I don't love the DAC game script. Okay. I'm a little bit worried that they're, they're going to get up in this game and he's going to be kind of uh, cut off of scoring. So that makes me think Zeke is a little bit more consistent this week. You mean to tell me you don't think Dallas is going to be down by 25 going into the fourth <laughs> quarter so Dak can throw for 400 more yards? <laughs> Dude, it's been insane. Uh, I don't even know what to say, but Dallas, they play at such a fast pace that um, the number of plays in their games is really good. And the Giants are sixth fastest over the last season and a half. So that game is definitely the, the top target this week. All right, so I slotted Ingram into that flex spot. I slotted Ezekiel Elliott into our running back spot. We have $11,900 remaining for a quarterback and a wideout. Nice. Um, Kyle Allen? Mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's getting more and more feasible. Uh, I think that we need to look at um, Teddy Bridgewater here. The only problem then is that we have Mike Davis and we have DJ Moore. It is a pretty big Carolina stack for a cash game. Davis a pass catcher, DJ Moore a pass catcher. I don't know how you feel about it, but Eddie Bridgewater would be is your second highest guy quarterback on your big board and serves us the purpose of saving a, a little bit of salary. Yeah, I think Bridgewater has been impressive so far. I mean, he's he's been getting a good uh he's had better efficiency than I would have expected. Um he so far has averaged eight yards per attempt, which is really fantastic. Going up against Atlanta, they give up even more passing yardage uh, than your average team. And Carolina is also a slight underdog here. So the game script sets up well. So I think that uh, I like Bridgewater a lot. That leaves us $6,000 to fill our final wide receiver spot. Unfortunately, uh, the guy that would slot in that spot perfectly at 6K is DJ Moore, who we already have. <laughs> so as we go a little bit further down, the first guy that is available would be AJ Brown at 5,400. Um, he's, he's on a team that's postponed. Correct. No, I'm yeah. sure he has COVID now too. $5,800 Jamison Crowder, which makes me a little nervous because uh, I have no uh, idea what's happening to the Jets. Right, exactly. <laughs> Can you can uh, we do you think that we can add a column to your big board that just says COVID, yes or no? <laughs> That's a good question, yeah. Can we, can we um, see what Eddie's up to? Can we get that programmed in? Michael Gallup, fifty four hundred, but that gives us a little bit that gives us two Dallas guys. We're kind of in a no man's land. Six K flat for C Lamb. Again, we're getting a Dallas guy. Not that I have a problem with it. Devonte Parker, fifty nine hundred. How do you want to finish this off with six K, or do we need to make a change somewhere else? I think um, Gallup would be fine. Uh, CD Lamb also a good option. Uh, let's see. I, I guess I must have 
let's see. I've Gallup projected for 15, CD Lamb for 15.7. So uh, spending up a little bit and getting CD Lamb, I think that that's a good option. So we have spent every single dollar possible on our DraftKings cash lineup. The value ranking greater than 90%. The contrarian ranking less than 10%. <laughs> Sounds to me like we just built a hell of a cash lineup. I don't know about you. Yeah, I like it. We don't want to be contrarian in cash, that's for sure. Would you say, uh, uh, so a little bit more about um, our lineup builder. We see that it says value rating greater than 90%. We see that it's contrarian rating less than 10%. Would you say that that is the ideal scenario if you're trying to build a cash lineup given the, those two outputs? Is that what you would be looking for? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the contrary in ranking, you don't even need to consider for cash, really. So it's all about that value ranking. If it's above 90%, that means we're pretty close to the optimal. If you Let's just say that we did have that value ranking at 90%. And, and I know where this answer is going. But let's say that that contrarian ranking said 40 to 50%. Would you be looking to make a change to that lineup from a cash perspective? Or did you just realize that you found a great GPP lineup? Well, that would be a great GPP lineup if the stacking is good and stuff. Um, I think that I wouldn't worry too much about it because there is a tiny advantage being contrary and in like a double up or because not at like exactly 50% of people cash. Sure. But um, it would be unusual to for the optimal lineup to be a little bit contrary. And so um, that would... I can't really imagine that happening, but I guess it could. We've been told that this is not a cash lineup and that this lineup blows. <laughs> Seems to me like we built a hell of a cash lineup. <laughs> yeah, what are these guys talking about? Yeah. Well, me, uh, I'll just plug everything in Fantasy Cruncher and we can see what the uh the off we are is in. right now. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do that. I'll let's, see start I, I was say, I, let's see if I can get to it fast. Uh, you're probably in it already, so you're going to beat me to it. We get 162 is the optimal, but wait, that has the Jets game still. So I mean, 158 awesome. is what we put together. All right, it's giving me 162 still. So it, we could improve it a tiny bit. It wants us to get in Slayton. Um, Josh Jacobs, that, that's not like a great cash guy this week. So when I cross him off, um, I'm getting 161. So we got pretty close. It does really want us to put Dak in a, a captain, like you were suggesting. Yeah. Um, but then the downside is this lineup has Sammy Watkins, and he's pretty inconsistent. So I, I ran the crunch on my screen right now. Um, I took out. Uh, Jets in Arizona. I took out Buffalo and Tennessee. Um, optimal lineup that came out: Dak, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Cooks, DJ Moore, Slayton, Ingram, Zeke, Texans. So our differences were going to Teddy Bridgewater, um, having CD Lamb in lieu of Darius Slayton, and those those are our big issues. That so let's see, let's take out Lamb, let's take out Bridgewater. Let's add in Dak and add in Slayton. Okay, what what is the other piece of this that is off then? That's $300 over salary. Who, am I, who did I not get right here? Oh, yeah, Josh Jacobs out. Or Josh Jacobs in for Ingram to tight end. Because uh, I want to see what it looks like in lineup builder to have it right. So Ingram in at tight end. Josh Jacobs in at running back. Same. Value rating north of 90%. Contrarian under 10. The projection goes up two or three points. But, you know, we could, you could make a case that, um, I don't know. Do you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the, the, the top lineup that was generated from FC or the one that we put together? Or does it really not matter all that much? I mean... I guess the bigger question then is, and this is probably uh, an advanced level concept, but I think that you have an article about it on the website, knowing sort of what those points are worth to you. I, I believe you did a, line, uh, a, a game plan article 
approaching head-to-heads from like a poker perspective. Am I remembering that correctly? Well, I think um, I might be combining two articles. One of, in my head. one of the takeaways that I had with head-to-heads is like, it, it, if you're playing someone that's not as good as you, it can help to overlap more if they're bad in the other picks because that creates less variance between the lineups, and that. Like, I, I learned this the hard way because I kept playing this guy that had Ennis Cantor in cash, like, all the time. And then I, I generated a lineup with Ennis Cantor. That was my optimal. And I actually found that lineup had a better chance of beating him than one without him just because he was so high variance. So, like, even though I was a favorite in each spot, like, I was able to get a bigger advantage by, by playing a guy that he would have. So that was interesting. Okay. I generated uh, 10 optimal lineups with Bridgewater in at quarterback. It does bring Kittle in. It gets us to Amari Cooper. But Josh Jacobs seems to be the guy that we didn't put into our lineup that is showing up most, no matter what I'm really doing from an optimal perspective. Does that seem like a mistake to you from our original build? Should we have been looking at Josh Jacobs a little bit more? Well, he's someone that doesn't meet the definition of kind of like a cash play this week because it's a running back as a big underdog versus Kansas City. Right. On the other hand, Kansas City's run defense is really bad. Josh Jacobs is a workhorse that his baseline should be like 7 to 8K and he's 6,300. So I'm a little bit torn. I think that uh, he might be that counterintuitive play that, that could be good this week. I took him out then. Reran the crunch with Bridgewater. We're still getting pretty close to what we had in originally. Uh, Mike Davis, Zeke, Cooks, DJ Moore, Kittle. Uh, we do go to Panthers D in this scenario, so that's a Panthers onslaught in cash. Um, goes to the double tight end, though, of Darren Waller plus George Kittle. Um, ultimately, I think we built a pretty good cash lineup with no other inputs whatsoever just to show that you don't have to have Fantasy Cruncher to figure it all out. You can build that by hand using the data that we have on the website and get to a cash lineup that is very much in play with an automated created lineup from Fantasy You don't need to have a a full optimizer generating thousands of lineups if you're trying to build that cash lineup. You just need to know what you're looking for. Um, We got pretty close. And honestly, like I, I know a lot of folks out there uh they might be looking to just get a little bit of action on sunday and not have to worry about all the strategy i think just playing cash is a good way to accomplish that so if you're if you want to spend maybe five ten minutes on on your lineups then entering a bunch of 50 50s double ups and stuff could be a good option there you go Uh, it it easy to do you could spend a little less time um you don't have to feel like you're getting like running into people like Alex playing 150 lineups. I mean, you could just plenty of single entry double up and single entry 50, 50 type contests. You can get in and feel like you've got a really good shot. And with our tools, with, with lineup builder, with your big board, with projections and ownership, we've got everything here for you to be able to put that together. Um, I mean, the NFL express package is what? Four bucks a week. I think three ninety five a week is at the promo rate. I was three ninety five a week. You can get the lineup builder, so that's pretty good value. There you go. Well, the plan was going to be to build a FanDuel GPP lineup, but we are at eleven fifty seven a.m. and we've got Kyle and Matt coming up in three minutes for their uh, week five start sit show. So we're gonna have to push FanDuel GPP to next week. Alex, is there anything that you want to let the people know while they're here? Well, I'll just uh, explain kind of how I would approach my FanDuel GPP real quick. Sure, go ahead. Uh, so I'm looking at our top stacks. Dallas and Kansas City are the top two, um, but the ownership is there as well. So Dallas is a good choice. Um, the Rams versus Washington, like it seems like no one's going to be on them, but that matchup's good. And maybe running back with Antonio Gibson, that could be an interesting start to a lineup. Playing uh, Matt Ryan, we don't really know who's going to be running out of wide out this week versus Carolina, but that could be a sneaky game to, to stack when everyone else is on Dallas. So I'm looking at that. Um, 
And a lot of people in chat are talking about Brandon Cooks not being a GPP play. You guys got to understand that um, in cash, you're just looking at volume. If for for receivers, like every single receiver is going to have a huge amount of variance. And we saw that when Cooks got a zero, but he's been targeted 21 times over four games. That's more than five a game. And that doesn't even take into account that he played half as much week one as he's been playing in weeks two through four. So I think Cooks is pretty much the definition of a, a cash play, whereas it's like the the volume per dollar exceeds the other other guys. And you can't expect like consistency out of wide receivers. You um, It's going to be so variant from week to week that it's not like you look at a guy and they have 15 points weeks one, two, and three, and you can expect that to be in a narrow range in week four. It could be anywhere from like two to – 30 you know so yeah. it also uh, one other one further note and even if it, this is just a tiebreaker for you he's projected for the fifth amount of fifth highest ownership as a wide out at 4100 um he's a natural point per dollar play that is getting a little bit of ownership and again the the key for this is you're not trying to you don't have to win your 50 50 you don't have to win your double up you just have to skirt across the cash line and every single person it's the exact same payout. I am more than happy to go to someone like Cooks, who on the surface, great point per dollar play. Ownership is backing it up. I think both of those two things combined let me know this is a guy that I can have my eye on. Yeah, for sure. So not not a sexy play, but, but there's so many good price or good players that are expensive. We're going to need some punts. So. Yeah. Well, I saw some mentions of Zacchaeus uh, for Atlanta as cash. I think he'd be a good option as well, um, provided that the injuries break that way. Right. But it's Friday, so we don't really know yet. All righty, guys. That will do it on the contrary tomorrow with Steve. Am I seeing yep. that correctly? Yes. So Duck Colts will be on on the contrary tomorrow with uh, Alex and Lafayette. Do you guys know what time the show is going to be? Do you have it off the top of your head? Uh, 3.30 Eastern. There you go. 3.30 Eastern time tomorrow on the Contrary Week 5 edition. Thank you guys for joining us. Please hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. We're happy to do this. I can't wait to be back for this show next Friday. I'm hoping that we could look at my lineups and that they are incredibly successful. That will be the goal. (laughs) Alex, any final thoughts as we get out of here and turn it over to Kyle and Matt? Uh, just everyone good luck this week and uh it should be a good one once we figure out what teams are playing (laughs) there you go guys thank you very much best of luck we'll talk to you again next week